I going to ask Richard to come up and give us notices? We didn't get any last night, so we'll have a double a double load tonight. <laughs> for not being uh, a contact during yesterday. I have things to do. Uh, as I'm from Coke. Uh, but I now welcome you to this fortnight or just a week if you're just here for a week and pray that the Lord will bless us all. Uh, we can't get the drawing stuff up first. Uh, can cards go slowly over the site? We're allowing the entrance upfield which is where the boys and girls play. Uh, mostly, so can you drive slowly across the site until you're out on the bottom? Uh, the next boring thing is the toilet rotor which comes up every year. Uh, if someone on the top field could be uh, organising the cathedral toilet, Sussex Cathedral toilet, uh, then the bottom uh, toilets will be organised separately. So if someone on the top field could sign up on the notice at the back for the top field toilet. Uh, you may have noticed there's a stick in the bottom car park that's for the concrete rubber. Uh, preferably at this stage of the conference only small consumable rubbish in the plastic bags. Uh, can you leave uh, discarded pumps, spares, uh, children till the end please? If you haven't got a programme sheet, uh, you need to raise it, please raise me. Uh, come and see me afterwards, please. Uh, can I ask Alan to come up? Yeah, we'll be back. I'll leave Alan till the end. There's a planned electricity cut tomorrow morning uh, for the whole village, 9.30 a.m. till 11 o'clock. So can you make sure that uh, uh, anything that you need that is regularly uh, powering up, uh, just remember 9.30 to 11-ish, uh, there'll be a power cut. Uh, Kevin Jones will be starting the morning Bible study tomorrow. Uh, 9.30 prompt please and can you try and aim for 9.25 uh, sometimes in the past years uh, myself included uh, we have kind of drifted in at 9.30, 9.35 9 9.40 it would be helpful for the speaker to have uh, everyone here on time please uh, there's a team meeting in Vera's Lounge tomorrow morning at 11.15 uh, for those who attend and the last thing is the good news. Uh, we're planning the outing this week to go to Brecon for a canal boat ride. Some of us went to Brecon last year for a walk and saw the canal and uh, two ladies expressed a sincere desire to go back this year. Now there aren't enough of us to hire a boat by ourselves, it would need 50. So we need to join one of the public ships. Uh, we wouldn't be there for the 12 o'clock one, so it'll be the 3 o'clock ships. They last about two to two and a half hours. 
Uh, it's eight pounds for adults, four fifty for kids, and a family twenty pounds, two adults and three kids. That's sixteen. Uh, now it's a long way to go and find that there are no seats because people have already booked. So I want to book this tomorrow, please. And the plan is either Wednesday or Tuesday, Wednesday being the preference. So I need definite numbers to call them tomorrow. So can you think, uh, not during the sermon, but during the evening and coffee time, whether you would like to come uh, on Wednesday or failing that, of course, not enough numbers, Tuesday. Uh, Brecon is about 25 minutes drive away, so there'll be plenty of time to have lunch in the town before the trip. And for your information, at the bottom of the notice board, there is a brochure for you to have a look at. Uh, and now, Alan. It's that time of the year again when we have the art exhibition. Um, the art competition, sorry, and exhibition. <laughs> um, so, it's not just for the young people, it's for the older ones as well and I'd love you all to I'd love to see that board down there absolutely covered in paintings this week you know you can paint whatever you like really um, local scenes anything that really makes you feel as though you want to draw or paint and I don't mind what media you use you can use pencil pen watercolors anything you like and the papers uh, are there's paper down there there's pens and there's paint, everything that you would need. So uh, please help yourself. If you're a, a real talented artist and you would like some proper watercolour paper, um, that's a 100 gram paper down there, and it's, it's good enough for, for drawing on. But if you want some proper art paper, just come and see us, and I can supply that, that for you. So um, enjoy yourselves. Do the paintings and there is prizes. Right. So enjoy. Right, I've got a Bible reading now. Um, last year at this time, Kevin Jones was up speaking and there was a terrible storm outside. And, uh, and while he was speaking, people were rushing outside to get a hold of tents. And I think he was left on the stage by himself. So uh, poor Kevin, he, he must have felt awful. but. When he saw it outside afterwards, you know, uh, he knew why we'd all dashed outside. <laughs> wasn't because of him. Right, the, um, the reading is taken from Mark, Mark 4, and it's verses 35 to 41. Jesus calms the storm. That day, when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let's go over to the other side. Leaving a crowd behind, they took him along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat, so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up and rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. When the wind died down, 
and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why were you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. And I'm going to sing S20. You're the word of God the Father. You've heard the expression, um, a storm in a teacup. I'm going to talk a little bit now about a storm in a caravan, <laughs> our caravan. <laughs> so I'll tell you a little bit about that. Um, Anne and I were looking forward to a tour in Scotland in April. We're really ready for a holiday, been doing quite a bit of work on the house, and one job was that he'd been sorting out a leaking shower, and we could hardly get this leak to stop. Every time I went downstairs and looked up, it was still coming dipping down. Anyhow, we got that sorted, and we thought, right, we're off on holiday. We had a few places chosen to where we'd go and where we'd travel, and um, we had a couple of days in the lowlands of Scotland and then move up. Anyhow, it didn't quite work out. On the way there, there was a snowstorm in April. We parked the van to have a picnic and um, we're on a bit of a hill and the snow was coming down quite thick and we thought we'd better move on because we could get stuck here. So we moved on and actually a few miles up the road there was no snow at all. We got to a campsite, which was really nice, a caravan site where we often go and it's a lovely site right on the loch side. And um, we discovered later on that we had a serious leak in the caravan. So we're off again with the water coming in into the caravan, dripping all over the bed. And we spent part of the night pulling the beds a bit and plunging in the middle <laughs> of the bed. We've got one of these big beds in the caravan. And um, we had to mop it. We spent half the night mopping up this water in the van and we weren't quite sure where it was coming from. And then we realized that Alan, when he was cleaning the caravan before we left, he had cleaned it a bit too hard on the roof and the seal must have broken. So we didn't know what to do. We didn't have any ladders. The man on the site was very kind, but he didn't have any ladders either. Uh, but he, he recommended us to go and see somebody down the road and they would probably help us out, which they did. But he had to spend oh, hours on the top of the van putting this, putting this seal right and sorting it out. And he, he wasn't really very happy, <laughs> I must admit. It was quite stressful because he was ready for a break. I was ready for a break. And I was a little bit cross, to say the least. And uh, anyhow, he had a cold as well. He wasn't really very well. We both had a little touch of flu. So this all added to the situation. So I went and sat down by the loch side, and I just prayed. And I said, Lord, I can't, I can't cope with this. This is... I'm not coping very well with him because he's not coping. Why isn't he coping better than this? And I was quite surprised because the Lord challenged me and said, but are you coping? You're not coping with him because he's not coping. So you've got the same problem. So um, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting the Lord, the Lord to deal with Alan, not me. So, um, and I thought of the too many times that the Lord has, you know, helped me when I've been, when I've been stressed. And this is what uh, came out of it. So we had to make up and, you know, say sorry and get put right, which was great, which we did. 
And then a few days after that, well, we had to stay. We had to stay a few days until the thing dried out and make sure it was properly dry. Anyhow, after that, we decided to go for a little mountain walk, a hill walk, and we decided to have a picnic halfway up this hill. So we went for a, a walk on this hill, and there was a lovely stream, quite deep, quite a you know a ravine. So we took off and went to this on this ravine, and Alan <laughs> fell in. He, he fell in the. He fell down a five-foot hole into the stream. I didn't laugh. I didn't laugh. Honestly, I didn't laugh. I thought, we did. We both laughed afterwards. So I thought he's either broke his hip, which he's already had mended. He had a new hip in. He's either broke his hip or he's broke his ankle. Anyhow, he just stayed there for a minute, and he, he ended up upright after falling on both sides of this ravine. And we thought. I looked around. I thought, well, there's nobody. Nobody's seen what's happened. So that's okay. So wait until I, I wait. I, wait, I thought well, I might need some help here, like a helicopter or something, to get him back down. Anyhow, um, we got him out and we sat and we had our picnic. I thought we've, the picnic. I've now got to get him down this hillside, which took us really a long, long time. He could hardly walk down. It was all the pressure. So he definitely strained something. I think he strained his groin. So we got back to the campsite. Uh, in the end, got safely back, and you could actually could drive the car. But the worst thing was um, walking around, putting some weight on each foot. So we got to the campsite, and we had to. We'd already stayed an extra three days for this leaking roof. So we stayed another few days till his leg got better, and then we're going to move on. And the man who owns the site came and said, "Don't go anywhere tomorrow. There's going to be serious winds. Don't move on with your caravan." So we stayed another day. But never mind, all in all, it was sorted. But I'm just so glad that um, we could sort things out. And that the Lord, I was quite surprised, you know, corrected me because I needed to get right and I needed to have a right attitude. So I'm glad that we can say sorry. We know the message here and we can move on. And sometimes we're looking at the other person, but what I found is that the Lord was looking at me. It doesn't matter what they've done. What am I like? What's my attitude like to that situation? But I had to get my attitude right. And it was good that we could make up and, and sort things out. So when people came home and said, oh, did you have a good holiday? I thought, well, yes, we, we did really because I learned. I learned something there on that holiday. And that's important, isn't it, to learn, you know, from the Lord about walking with him and putting things right with one another. So thank you for listening. Um, the next thing we're going to do is... Rose speaking now. Okay, Alan's going to speak now. Right. It was exaggerating there about everything except the depth of this hole I fell into. <laughs> it felt like a lot more than six feet. But she said I bounced off both sides. I don't remember. We have all sorts of storms that meet us in our lifetime, don't, don't we? Uh, but this, this reading always reminds me of something that a, a, a dear brother who's now with the Lord said once, that the church is like a ship on the sea. And when it's on the sea, that's fine. The sea is the world. But when the sea gets into the ship, then we've got trouble. 
we've got problems. And it's not the problems with the church today. But the world is creeping into the church. There's some terrible stuff going on in churches in our land today. Uh, this homosexual sin, which is all of a sudden okay, is shocking. heartbreaking in fact we are concerned that we are going to have to leave our church when we go home because of the decisions that could are probably going to be made this year because I can't live with that with, with this homosexual marriage and what have you it's uh, just not on and I'm not going I'll be out the door if that happens don't know where I'm going exactly but I can't fellowship in that sort of a place where where they are uh, preaching against God's word. They're accepting the way of the world. The, the boat has got so much thin water in it. This principle applies not only to the church, but to us individually. The world creeps into our lives so easily. So easily we get caught up in the things of the world a classic example we, we uh, have got a video at home of uh, Pride and Prejudice I don't know who, who's the stars in it Phyllis it's Darcy Mr. Darcy what's his what was he doesn't matter uh, but, but there's pictures of them dancing and they're sort of holding each other's hands like this and prancing around like ponies. And that was the way people danced in the early 19th century. And then you think about that program we'll have on the television. What's it called? Strictly, I call it dirty dancing, but strictly dancing. It's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. And, it, and, you, and you, you see this, you think, that's Sodom and Gomorrah in my sitting room. It's, it's, it's shocking. The church in the 19th century condemned the waltz in this country when it came over from Germany. They said, waltzing is against God's, God's wishes for us because there's too much bodily contact. It wasn't allowed by the church. It was banned. And look, look at where we're at today. There aren't any limits. There aren't any limits. Four hundred years ago, Europe was seventy percent evangelical 70% of Europeans were evangelical Christians 400 years ago today it's 7% and that's sad in fact
culture, the culture that's all around us, teaching in all sorts of different ways and, and bogs us down and causes trouble. And uh, it's just, it's just frightening. It's just frightening. Things which once upon a time used to shock us, they, we used to be shocked at the, the language and the nudity and things like that on our television sets. We don't even notice it anymore. It's just become commonplace because we're, we're hardened to it. Even in our own front room. My parents who uh, wouldn't readily identify as born-again Christians uh, wouldn't put up with that sort of thing in their sitting room. But I'm ashamed to say that we do. Ghana's has gone down, haven't we? It is. It becomes normal. It becomes normal. And, 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 and we as, as believers, trying to follow God's word, we need to make a stand. But it's hard. It's hard uh, saying no to things. And it's hard saying, turn the telly off. Oh, you do it with a button these days, don't you? You just do it with a finger. It used to have to be done like that, didn't it? There's a, there's a, a, a Native American saying that says, it's like having two dogs inside me. One's an angry dog and a bad dog. And another one's a good dog and a gentle dog. And they're frightened. All the time. And this is what's going on up here. And he was asked, Well, which one of those dogs wins the fight? And the answer was, The one I feed the most. Think about that. Which one gets fed? Which approach to life, or which approach to what's good and bad for us gets fed the most? Do I watch and listen what is corrupting on the television or what is good for me? Another way in which the world creeps into our lives is in the area of where do I put my trust? Jesus' disciples were sick enough. The storm came along thought this is this is this is our place we'll deal with this but they couldn't the storm was defeating them the storm was defeating them they were putting their trust in their own ability to conquer the problems <coughs> today we have quite an easy life, do we? We've got the National Health Service. We've got pensions. We've got insurances. Everything's hunky-dory and we're nice and comfortable. And it's all catered for. We don't need God anymore because we're catered for. All areas of our life are covered by things that aren't godly. 
remember when we were younger, we were uh, struggling. I was a self-employed gardener, and uh, and we didn't have lots of money. In fact, some weeks we didn't have any. <coughs> and if we had a, a disaster like a broken washing machine, we couldn't do a thing about it except pray. Except pray. That's all we could do. Like my gorgeous wife. When she comes across a husband like me, she cannot cope. What does she do? She prays. <laughs> when our washing machine dies today, we go and buy a new one. Don't cope with God. We're self-sufficient. We're self-reliant. Self-reliant. Because we're too well off. And, and it's so easy to slip into that place, isn't it? Where God doesn't get in, drawn in, included, asked about our normal day-to-day -day life. When we got married 46 years ago, <laughs> we went on our honeymoon. We're always going to Scotland because it's just around the corner. We went on our honeymoon to Edinburgh, which is not very many miles away at all. And uh, we had an old Morris van. We always had vans in those days, never had a car. And, and, uh, and guess what? <laughs> it broke down, dead right. It broke down. There was another blizzard on the same road. <laughs> it was the day we'd got married, and we were on the way to our wedding night and the blinking van conked out. Well, what do you do? There's, the, there's nothing on the road. You couldn't see a light of a farmhouse. It was total blackness everywhere. So we always had old vans breaking down. So what you do, you get out and you lift the bonnet and you, and you uh, have a go. And I did that two or three times, getting wet and cold all the time. In and out, in and out, van wouldn't go. And I said, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, we've been courting for years. I never got actually stuck with you in the middle of nowhere all night. <laughs> 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 but no, I'm married. I don't need to. Anyway. <laughs> and Phyllis said, oh, if I go now, I've been praying. enough. My wife's been doing that all her life. I've been flapping around trying to sort things out in my own strength. She speaks to God and things get sorted. The lesson I still haven't learned. I'm still struggling with it. She's the prayer in our partnership. I think that's why she's still here. <laughs> learn not to store up riches in heaven but to store them on earth and now I'm thinking about the churches about the churches our church I don't remember the facts and figures but uh, 
lots and money in a bank account and uh, there was an edict came in from above that said uh, that you're only allowed to have so much in your bank account if you've got more than this much then it's got to go into the central fund so our church said well we'll get some new we'll get some new chairs so we don't have to give it into the central fund <laughs> honestly We are so dependent on things of this world today, it's disappointment. What, how, how do we deal with different storms that come along in life? What do we do about them? I, I've got a teacher who lives with us and, and she prays and I trust and, and, and things get sorted. I, re I remember a story in, in the Old Testament. It's in 1 Samuel 17. It's about a man who was a shepherd. And, and he was met uh, with this challenge. It was a giant. Nine foot high. Nine foot, the Bible says. Can you twice my... Is that twice my weight? Aye. It's about, it's about twice my weight. Shut up, Logan. And, 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 uh, his armor, his armor weighed nine stone. I, I don't know whether what you feel like, but I'm still in the days before decimalization, before we went into Europe, because I kind of think in shekels and things, I think in pounds and ounces and feet and inches his armour weighed nine stone can you imagine that, I'm nearly nine I'm, I'm a bit more than that but uh, I was nine and a half stone when I got married and this bloke was walking around in that much armour and he's uh, there's, he said that his spear the head of his spear weighed the same as seven bags of sugar that's the way I think about things. Two pounds of, of sugar in a bag. Seven of them. That was the weight just of a spearhead. He was a big bloke. And this shepherd boy says, why are you frightened of this? And this is an uncircumcised Philistine. I think that's a great phrase, isn't it? If you want to insult somebody, call him an uncircumcised Philistine. But David wasn't put off at all. In fact, he said, how dare you, uncircumcised, <laughs> whatever, challenge the, the, the army of my God. He wasn't influenced by worldly things at all. And, and the king said, oh, you're welcome, brother. Go on, challenge him. He said, I'll give you my armor. And David said, I don't want your armor. He says, I'm not used to it. I've got my God. I've got my God. That's what I go to fight with. I've killed bears and lions with no armor. I can kill this fellow. And he did. Because he didn't rely on 
things of the world. He didn't rely on the armor that the soldiers used or the weapons that they used. He relied on his God. And as far as he was concerned, this Philistine was uh, challenging his God. And, and we've got to develop this attitude when storms and problems come along. Our trouble is we get used to putting our uh, trust in the things of the world. We really do. We really do. Uh, the disciples' ship was filling up and they were starting to panic because their natural resources were failing. And they said, come on, Jesus, wake up, don't you care? And what, what were they wanting? They were going to say, take this empty bean can and bail out, help us. <laughs> they forgot that Jesus was the supernatural God. And, and he didn't do things the way we do things. Sadly, we are like the disciples. And it isn't until we've been totally defeated that whatever storm it is that has come along in life has uh, caught up with us and, and you cannot do anything about it. It's only at that point that we turn to the Lord and ask for help. It's only at that point. This... Uh, just like to finish with a, a testimony about this week really that uh, I don't mind doing a bit of speaking and I don't mind strumming the guitar on the back line because I'm not very good at that at all I can sort of keep a bit of a rhythm but uh, last week or the week, the week before last I found out that Sheila wasn't going to be here. And I thought, oh, well, John could play. But then I heard that John wasn't going to be here. So basically it was going to be down to me. I was going to be playing and speaking. And Dora, it's going to be like a one-man band because the, the time had come and gone and there I was left on me tod. And I was not uh, looking forward to it at all. And, and I uh, prayed about I prayed about this must have been bad if I prayed about it and on Friday night Friday night John drew on the campsite and then he gave him a kiss <laughs> and I said John I said it's great to see you I thought you were playing, you were supposed to be playing the organ tomorrow, at, at today, yeah, Sunday, at, at his home church. So, uh, oh, he said somebody else volunteered to take me place, so there you go. I said, isn't God good? But in the meanwhile, I'd been talking to Neil, who is talking to the younger generation at the moment, and I said, I really don't want to be playing, leading worship, and doing the talk and everything else 
I said, you don't fancy doing a talk, do you? He said, I don't mind doing a talk. So in the end, last night, Neil did the talk. <laughs> John played the organ, and I did very little. So I was chuffed. <laughs> God answers prayers. God answers prayers. Nothing to do with me. It's God has his way. And the question I want to leave us with tonight is, is there a storm going on in my life? Is there something? Is there something which perhaps I'm, gonna be, I'm not going to be troubled by for a week or two, but I've got to go back to this storm, whatever it is, and sort it out, face it out. I've got to, you know, it's there. <laughs> Somehow, I've got to learn, me, I'm talking to myself really, I've got to learn to stop worrying about these things and to put them in God's hands. And that's the hard thing. Really is the hard thing from some people are very self-sufficient. And I find I'm like that. I sort of, uh, I can usually handle stuff. And that's the way I deal with things, by handling. But sometimes I cannot handle it. Like last night's meeting. But it was handled for us because I gave the problem to the Lord. And this is what we've got to do. Phyllis keeps giving men to the Lord. And one of these days, she might get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> we can laugh at this. We can laugh at this. time we fail to turn to the Lord then it, it hurts him it hurts him because he's 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 he's, a, he's in the boat he's in the corner of the boat he's asleep and all he wants us to do is to say Lord help and we don't we don't always there. He's always there sleeping. He doesn't want to be sleeping. He wants to be helping us out of our problems. He's there because he's our saviour. He's there because he's our guide. He's there because he loves us. And he showed that when he died for us. That's how much he loves us. So dealing with a storm in our petty little lives is just a snap of his fingers. And there's another great way to stop off my mind because tomorrow morning's preacher has just walked in. Welcome, Kevin. <laughs> I think we've got time open this up a bit and to pray does anybody would anybody like to share testimony about how God has helped them through a storm and I'm not talking about another sermon I'm talking about a two three minute testimony thank you Kate
stories about a storm in our lives actually happened on this campsite during a storm. <laughs> now you might remember um, poor Kevin was um, leading the morning meetings and we had a bit of nasty weather that uplifted our trailer tent. Uplifted it, clothes everywhere, papers everywhere, bricks to shreds, unsalved. We couldn't fix it. <laughs> yeah, we broke. <laughs> um, and somebody came and had a little word. Um, yeah, I think you better come outside. There's a problem with your tent. So I went outside and I went, yeah, there's a big problem with the tent. So we came in and we thought, well, what are we going to do? We don't have any money to buy a, a new tent. We don't have this. We don't have that. Heads all over. But there was a lady who used to come here, and I think she'd gone in contact and said, I don't need my tent anymore, basically, kind of. Give it to somebody who needs it. And I think that was the year, that was happened to be the year that we lost our trailer tent. And that was just God. God knew we needed, we needed him. And he was there. And poor Kevin, the whole meeting got stopped. And everybody here, our family, came and helped us during our storm, during the storm. And it was just, it was amazing. And we still have the tent now. And it's amazing. And we're still coming. And we're still here. And it has brought us closer to our family as well because we didn't realize how much we were part of it really we knew we were part of this family but we didn't realize how much we were a part of this family and i don't think we actually got to say thank you to everybody for that so i'm sorry it's three years too late but two years too late but thank you and it was an answer from god and it was a it, a lot of people prayed for it and we got a lot of stuff because we had to get new beds, new pillows, new quilts, new sleeping bags, everything. And it was amazing. God really came together for us during that storm. So thank you. Thank you, Kim. <coughs> you know, I thought they would have been queuing up to share how God has been blessing us and, and, and helping us with our problems let's pray Heavenly Father we do thank you that you are always there asleep in the corner of the boat just waiting for us to come to you instead of relying on ourselves forgive me Lord for the times when I've struggled rather than ask for help of you so we do thank you Lord that you are there you always will be there and that we have the privilege of being able to just pat you on the shoulder and bring you our requests our needs our hopes we can bring you our fears privilege to be one of your children. Thank you, Lord. Amen. We're going to end tonight with um, When Peace Like a River.
and it's 163.